0: Welcome to Israel Mosaic, Land People's Story. I am your host, Koro Tarod and I'm coming to you from the Honey and Silk Farm in Shadmot Dovoa. Today, I'm bringing you part two of my interview with Malka Benzaev. On today's show, she will be discussing the Silk and Honey Farm, the biblical significance of the area that the farm is located in, and what you will see if you visit online or in person. On this one of a kind working farm. Malka, can you share the story of the Bee and Silk Farm, which is an historical center, and how it got started?
1: Well, it is called, first of all, Dvorata Tavor. Dvorata Tavor is a Hebrew name of the bee of Mount Tavor because our farm is at the foothill of Mount Tabor, the Mount of the Transfiguration. And uh, the farm is in the middle of a holy triangle, which is Nazareth, Mount Tabor, and the Sea of Galilee and the Jordan River. We are staying exactly at the middle of this triangle. And we believe that it has something to do with the idea that we wanted to build this farm. We started it 28 years ago as a touristic farm, and then people told us nobody will come here to see the farm, to see how the bees, they are making the honey, how the silk is done. But if you have a belief, and you feel that it is the right thing to do, then you have to do it. And we feel that it is uh, strange to say that we had a call, but we felt that we had a call, That we have to make it. And it is now a farm of education for the next generations to understand that, first of all, we have to be humble in our life because we think that only money matters and we are buying all this unnecessary stuff and we are not giving enough honor to the nature. And we want to show. People, especially children of schools, that you cannot take for granted that everything is just coming to you very quickly, very easy. The small bee and the small butterfly of the silk, both very, very little, tiny creatures in this world, are making such a heavy duty in our modern life. because. If there will not be bees, the pollination is going to stop. Third of our food in the world must have the pollination of the bees. So instead of just going past the bees and not thinking about it, never, and not giving those tiny little creatures the honor that they have to get from you, we want to show the children of Israel, and also of the world, that it is very important to us to think about any creature that it has some part of this world, some work that is connected to any of us. And that is the part of the bee. The bee, we know about it from the Bible. We know that the bees are mentioned a lot of times in the Bible. And uh, we are speaking about it, and also the silk cocoons. First of all, it's my profession. I'm a silk artist, and my husband is a beekeeper, and we decided to join those two works and to make a farm that is showing about the silk and honey production. How do we have benefit of it? Also now in the modern days. And the silk production was giving us the opportunity to have the silk roads, the merchants that could bring from the Far East all the goods to the west part of the world, could do it because they found the silk. Before that, the sails of the ships were made from cotton, and it was very heavy, and it was getting a lot of water inside it. So the ships could sail very slowly and very nearby. After they uh, developed the silk, the silk is very strong, it is very light, and the ships could sail far away much quicker, and that's how the silk road started in the sea. Also, we have the Silk Road in the part of the Asia, but some of them were passing in Iran, where I was living, and that was, gave me the love to the silk. And I was going to see it, uh, where they were going. We didn't have it in Israel then. And after we came back from Iran, we brought back the silk knowledge here, and uh, we started that farm. In the ancient times in Israel was the silk production. It came from Lebanon to Israel. It was in Rosh Pina. And later on, the Baron Rothschild brought it to some of parts of Israel. And then it stopped because it is not economic. Even now, it is not economic. And we are growing the silk cocoons only for uh, teaching for children to learn about the circle of life of uh, insects and to learn about it. And we are growing here the cocoons. It's the only part in Israel that has uh, silk growing, and it is going only for educational matters. We are not growing it for making silk. So that's how we started the farm. And fortunately, we had very good years that a lot of people came our main customer is the ministry of education and then came the COVID and stopped the world and stopped us and since last March we have no visitors because first of all all the quarantine and all this COVID that was influencing all of us But also now, when Israel is opening back, the children of schools are not allowed still to go for tours. So we are still standing empty. And it is also very, very difficult economically and mentally for us to stay such a long time closed. And we are very worried what's going to be how it's going to be back,
0: back alive. Malky, you mentioned the silk and bee farm and its history. And now I think we have a clear understanding of what really goes on here and the importance to Israel. What is your personal favorite part of the bee and silk farm over the years working here? I guess the question I can ask is, what do you enjoy the most getting up in the morning and doing here in this farm?
1: I will give you two answers. The one is that a grandmother is coming with her children, telling me, you know, we were here 28 years ago when we, our children were small, and now we are bringing the grandchildren here because we are not stopping talking about the tour that we had here since then. And we have also some things like a big candle that we are making, that is still at home. We are keeping it because it was so interesting and you change a, a lot of things in our knowledge. And that is the main part that I love, that people are coming back again. And I love to get up in the morning, take my coffee and to come here out to the yard, sitting in front of Mount Tabor with the church above. And the animals around, and it is very quiet. Me and my coffee and nature. I have to tell also that a lot of times in evening I'm coming out when everything is dark around. Just the church above is lighted, and it looks so uh, holy, like the church is flying in the sky because everything else is dark. And it is moments that I love, I love here.
0: The image that you're talking about really is like a beacon on a hill, a city on the hill. The scriptures talk about that. And everything else is dark. And we've noticed that too, that there's an orange aura, color that the church light gives off. Have you been to the top of Mount Tabor? And would you like to talk about the significance biblically of this area in the Jezreel Valley that we're in. Could you do that for the listening audience?
1: Of course, I was uh, at the church of Mount Tabor a lot of times. Uh, We are taking also visitors to visit there because it is one of the major parts in Israel that people are coming, especially Christians that are coming, they have to see it. And our area is uh, the area where uh, I can say that the feminism started because the prophet of Dvorah Neviya, who had a war here with Barak bin Avinoam, and she was a very strong lady, and that is a uh, part of Israel that shows that strong ladies were not only in, in uh, 2021, also from biblical times, And that is the part that I love here in Israel, that women can be whatever they want if they believe in themselves. I have a lot of courses for women, especially Arab women that are coming here, and I'm teaching them that you can do whatever you want. And each of us has some strengths in us. One can cook, one can sew, one can uh, do another thing. Find your strengths inside you and go with it. And this is our area. It is called the Lower Galilee, Emek Israel. And all the holy parts of Israel, most of them, are here in our area. Naz- Nazareth, the Sea of Galilee, the Jordan, Mount Tabor. This is um, the center of the world for us.
0: Malcolm, you mentioned how coronavirus affected the tourism aspect of this bee and silk farm. Going forward, there's a listening audience of people around the world that hear this broadcast. If they want to get involved and if they want to support this family-owned operation here, how can they get involved?
1: Well, I never in my life were asking for help. So it is very difficult for me to say, but if you are writing in English words dvorat hatavor, or www.dvorat middleline hatavour dot c o dot i l you can find our website, you can order from us online, you can buy tickets, you can I don't know whatever people want to do. We shall be more than happy to do it.
0: We've been to your store, so we know what type of products that you have. But can you tell the list in the audience who hasn't been to the store for the most part? If they come here, what type of products can they get? Or if they're online, what can they get?
1: Well, it's uh, two parts. Because if you are coming here, you can buy our honey, which is difficult to send abroad because not all the countries you are allowed to bring in honey. So it is more difficult to send it, but we have soap from honey, and we have cosmetic things from honey, and from propolis, which is the antibiotic of the beehive, the natural antibiotic of the beehive, and that is easy to send. We can send it, and it is uh, products. We were developing them, It is only ours. It is called Propolife. And uh, you can find it in well soaps and creams. We can send it easily. It's not a problem at all to all the world. We shall be more than happy if you will buy tickets to come for a tour when it is possible. Some people helped us by getting tickets in advance that they can use whenever they want. More than that, I cannot say.
0: I want to follow up on that uh, statement with, if someone comes here from overseas, or if someone is here in Israel, what will they see here on the bee and silk farm when they come here for a visit?
1: Well, we have two in English, of course. It is approximately one and a half hour, and it is about the honey production since biblical times and up to these days and the silk production, as I was mentioning before. They will see how the honeycomb is uh, in the beehives. You are protected in a net corridor, and the beekeeper is going and opening and showing you how the bees are making the honey. You can see here at the workshop how the honey is getting out from the honeycomb, and you can see the growing of the silkworms. And if you are coming with children, they have some activities that they are making candles from the bee wax, they are making a bee costume, and of course we have some uh, animals, farm animals here. And we have the beautiful landscape of Mount Abor and the church above. It takes approximately one and a half hour. You have to book in advance, and we are open daily, seven days a week.
0: As we know, life is a compilation of memories, memories from our childhood, memories from our adulthood. What are some of your memories that you have here of the Bee and Silk Farm? Is there one that stands out above every other memory that moved you and your husband?
1: Well, I think that major memory is I'm very family person and all my good memories connected to the family always. And when my grandchildren started to come and want to help me feeding the silk cocoons and to learn about it, and our grandchildren were going with our big son to the fields for also helping him with the beehives, I think that I realized that the chain is going on, the family chain is going on, and that is what is touching me the most, that I know that after we are not here in this world, our children, our grandchildren will continue it.
0: How old is the bee and silk farm here in Shadmot d'Avoa?
1: We are 70 years old. We started the farm as an agriculture farm. My husband's family started it in 1939. And when I came here, I was coming to their farm, and we continue it. So, my grandchildren are the fourth generation here as an agriculture farm, as a touristic farm. It is 28 years now as a touristic farm, also. But also, of course, we are continuing the agriculture production of honey. So, it is from 1939. And I hope it's going to last forever.
0: When we first came on the farm today, we talked about the word emuna, faith. Faith is a part of your life, Malka, and has carried you throughout the many difficulties. How has faith in God carried you through the most difficult times of your life?
1: Yes, I have emuna, And first of all, a strong emuna, belief in good, doing good to others, going to good to the world, not being greedy, be humble. And I was praying in all the parts of my difficult times. And we had, unfortunately, a lot of difficult times in our family and sad times. And what kept me was the praying to God. And believing that if you are doing good, you will get back good.
0: Before I end the show, we talked about daily life here in Israel. And people all over the world see a picture from the media of Israel. But having lived here all of your life, and knowing different ways of life here in Israel, can you just explain to the listening audience, for those who haven't been here, just what really life is like? I know you can go on forever talking about life in Israel. But just a little nutshell of what life is like here and how this place is really like no other place in the world.
1: Well, first of all, I have to say that you see in all the medias the big hate between the Arabs and the Jews. But I have to tell you that it is not like that. It is absolutely not like that. It is a very, very tiny group of politicals uh, who wants to make it a, a lot of noise about it most of the israeli people arabs and jews and christians are living together eating together have going to visit each other we have a lot of friends that are living in the arab villages in a lot of christian friends Muslim friends, of course, Jewish friends as as well, and also my children, my grandchildren. We are mixed together in a very, very calm situation. What you see in the medias about the war that is going on here, it is just a tiny part of what is going really here in, in living in Israel. Living in Israel, we have a beautiful life here. We have calm life most of the time. Although there are parts that are more challenging, but most of it is beautiful, and I would recommend everyone to come to visit Israel, to see how we live, and then to decide what you believe to the media and not, because Israel is a beautiful and calm country which wants peace.
0: Malka, thank you for taking the time to be interviewed today. Tikv and I really appreciate your story, and we just really are glad to be able to have this opportunity to be with you today.
1: Thank you very much. Shalom. And uh, let's hope that the COVID is behind us and all of us will be in peace.
0: Thank you. Join me next time on Israel Mosaic land people's story when I will be interviewing registered nurse Irene Bredlow, who has lived in Israel for over 40 years. Come and hear her amazing story of her journeys across the globe and what brought her to Israel. See you soon.